Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, where we delve into important issues that matter to you in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and today's episode is about BER. I've been reporting on this airport since I first moved to Berlin in 2012. BER was supposed to open long before I arrived, but it didn't until eight years later. Passengers recently ranked at 19th of 20 airports in Germany, which means it still isn't the airport of our dreams or one that makes sense for a major EU capital. We recently spoke to BER passengers and asked them to describe what they think of the airport. Berlin resident Deb Duty had just returned from visiting family in India. So what I found a bit annoying is the long immigration queue. They don't have separate queues for blue card holders and all. Like they put everyone in the same queue. So I've been like waiting for the for my turn for like more than one hour. So that caused a bit of delay. So that is something I think they should look up to. One American, Eileen, who had just arrived from Kenya via Frankfurt, described it in one word, meh. They opened another portal. We were standing. The line looked like it was going to take at least an hour or two. But luckily they opened after 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, they opened another queue somewhere farther down. Before our experts weigh in, let's find out what at BER is guile or not so guile. For me, what's guile or cool is the security line appointment BER runway. I love this because you can go online, make an appointment for the security line, and if you're lucky, if you gauge it correctly, within 10 minutes before or 10 minutes after the time you've listed, you can actually go through your own private line with an appointment. And it's a free service, and I I mean, to me, that's made a world of difference because if I get to the airport and I find that there is a really long security line and I'm able to gauge it correctly, this can save me a lot of time. What do you think, uh, senior producer and fellow Berliner Dina El-Sayed? Well, not so guile is not having access to the BER runway if you have to check in luggage because the line to check in luggage is usually too long and the staff is not enough to handle a fully booked flight to reach your appointment at the BER runway on time. So not so guile is not having access to that. Not so guile is when I try to gauge three hours before my flight and was through all of these um, procedures in time. And then I had two and a half hours in the most boring airport ever because there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to sit. There's um, no restaurants. I don't know. There's a food court. There's not much of restaurants. Yeah, it's just it's just a very long two hours. And um, not so guile is the bathroom doors, which open inwards. And if you have a bag, you're done. But what can be done to fix it? Our two guests today give us better insight into BER and whether it will improve. First up is an urban planner who has focused on airports for three decades. His name is Dita Faulenbach da Costa, and BER is one airport he first helped plan and later often criticized. We reached Dita via Zoom in Offenbach. Welcome to Common Ground Berlin. Good morning, Frau Nelson. Did your concerns about BER that you have raised over the years come to fruition? What are its main shortcomings nowadays? Well, in recent years, I've been pretty direct. For example, suggesting a stick of dynamite could be used to ensure more order at the BER. I only meant it symbolically, of course. Nevertheless, as far as my predictions go, they came true. There is a lot of construction going on in the area surrounding the airport that is independent of the airport. 
so that in the next few years, BER will become an inner-city airport. That means the earlier inner-city airports that were closed will have been replaced by another airport inside the city. It makes no sense and gives BER no prospects. Are these problems solvable? I mean, you can't exactly pick up the airport and move it. The problems would have been solvable if one had taken care very early in the planning to ensure that the areas affected in air traffic noise-prone areas remain free of residential development, which also would have provided the airport more development opportunities. Instead, there was a race by developers to buy up land, and now commercial and residential properties are being built in that area. They want to develop commercial space from the entrance to the A113 to Terminal 1, suggesting the focus is on the development of commercial areas instead of BER. So what we are getting is a commercial area with a bit of an airport attached. In other words, no solutions. It's not a solution from my point of view. If you want an airport, above all a major airport, from which intercontinental flights also take off, then the airport must be given a chance to be run differently than this airport can ever be run, as well as give the airport prospects to develop. For example, to expand and be able to build more runways in order to spread out airplane noise. This airport does not have any of those options. It isn't for nothing that we said in the spatial planning process in 1993 that the Schönefeld airport was not only unsuitable as a large airport, but unsuitable as any airport location. And this statement is still true today. BER was recently ranked 19th of 20 German airports, which is an improvement. I mean, it was number 20 before. Do you think BER being one of the least loved airports in Germany is fair? Oh, I don't know. For me as a specialist planner, BER is not a functional airport for what it was actually intended and what one hoped it would become, namely a major international airport and a hub. This airport is not suitable for that. It was not planned that way, and a lot of things were changed during the construction period to the point that it could barely become a hub. And the second thing is that the airport company's policy is obviously aimed at generating a lot of traffic, and that means focusing on quantity and neglecting quality. You can see this, for example, in the international intercontinental traffic. Although the routes and footpaths are the same, there are no rolling bridges or moving walkways as there are in level two for the European flights and for the low-cost carriers. That means in the international area on the third floor, intercontinental passengers have to walk to the last meter. So that also shows a bit of the neglect of this international traffic, and that is reflected in the volume of traffic. Is there anything that BER gets right? Well, I have to say that I don't know Aletta von Massenbach, who is the latest managing director, nor have I paid much attention to her. But I did take a look at the development of BER's traffic figures. The development of the last few years after the pandemic and compared to 2019 is that the airport had only reached 75% of the number of flights in 2019 and 65% of the passengers. And the dominance of low-cost carriers at BR has increased. I consider this to be a disadvantage, both from an economic point of view, for example, in terms of the airport's economic income, and for the development of Berlin's air traffic standards. 
You have talked about Spelenberg being a better location for an airport for Berlin, even though it's farther from Berlin than Schönefeld, because it could have handled more than 90 million passengers and affected only 3,000 residents, rather than the 100,000 who are affected by aircraft noise near Schönefeld. Do you think that in the future a Berlin airport may be built in Spelenberg or maybe two airports like we've had in the past here in Berlin? In the original development plan, the Sparenberg area turned out to be better than the other locations, both technically and from the perspective of a major airport that wants to compete internationally. And I am sure that if Sparenberg had become the location of the new airport, then Frankfurt and Munich would now be provincial airports and Berlin would be Germany's hub. That cannot happen in Schönefeld, and it will not happen in Schönefeld. But I don't know whether this would work again in Sparenberg either, because from what I've heard, other development has happened there and cannot be reversed. This means that anyone who wants to develop Berlin as a hub will now have to develop an air traffic study for the Berlin area or East Germany as a whole and ask, what would joint air traffic development with the German states of Saxony-Anhalt and Saxony look like? Can they develop a common air traffic strategy? And can they share airports or connect them with each other and then develop an air traffic strategy from there? Or do they have to supplement these locations with another airport? Such a study could be done to explore whether the three states could at least coordinate their spatial planning in order to increase the development of air traffic in the area and not leave that development centered in the west in Frankfurt and Munich. You live in Offenbach under multiple flight paths, including some at Frankfurt International Airport. Is that difficult? So the planes that approach the northwest runway in Frankfurt fly directly over my house. I also have the Frankfurt-Munich-Frankfurt-Berlin-Frankfurt-Hamburg railway line at eye level, and the Sana Hospital with its helicopter landing pad is also nearby. So you can say I am blessed or affected by all types of noise. In this respect, whenever I talk about aircraft noise, I know what it means, what it is, and how one can take strategic action against it. Have you ever thought about moving? No, I've been living here in this apartment for almost 40 years, and it's a very nice apartment in a very nice location, despite all the noise around. So I don't want to move. But there are, of course, measures that can be taken to reduce the noise and make it bearable. This includes, for example, night flight restrictions, which, by the way, I would have wished for, not just here, but in Berlin, which is the only location for air traffic in that area. Even if there were only flights 16 hours a day, Berlin would definitely have the traffic volume that it has today. But the domestic traffic would cease if Germany follows through on restrictions necessary for climate protection. In that case, Berlin would lose more than a quarter, perhaps up to half, of its air traffic volume. That would be an opportunity for Berlin to take on more intercontinental flights if it has a sensible transport development concept by then. But officials would have to plan this carefully beforehand. Thank you for the interview, Dieter Faulenbach da Costa. Our next guest is BER spokesman Jan-Peter Hack. We are grateful that he is joining us here in the studio on a day when BER is in the throes of another strike. Welcome, Jan. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be here. There's a strike today through tomorrow by Lufthansa ground personnel, and there was another one just last week by airport security personnel. Does this signal an unusually disruptive travel year, or is this normal? And what impact does this have on BER? 
Yeah, there are a lot of strikes so far this year and it really depends who is on strike. Today we have the ground personnel of Lufthansa on strike, but they don't strike at BR Airport, they strike at other destinations and Lufthansa flies from BR Airport to Frankfurt and Munich. So that means all of the connections to Frankfurt and Munich are cancelled today. That means 46 flights they will arrive or depart today are cancelled. This is 46 out of 350 we would have expected today and roughly 5,000 travelers are affected today. What happened last week, we had a strike on the staff on the security screening and that meant no departures at all because nobody can fly without security screening. So it really depends who's on strike and depends what happens then at BER next. But we hope, of course, that everybody can find agreement to sitting down together, getting a new collective agreement, because everything that hurts our travelers hurts us. We want them to fly without any disruptions. Die letzte Generation also brought the airport to a standstill a while back. What steps have you taken to prevent them or others from blocking flights and or passengers trying to get to the airport? Yeah, it might sound a little bit odd when I say that, but the thing is what happened in BR Airport, actually our security system was working. That sounds odd because they made it to the airfield, but they never made it anywhere close to an aircraft. So what needs to be protected is an aircraft. So our security system works together with the federal police here, with the airport security, with the state police. We were there within seconds or at least within very, very few minutes. Obviously, that's not something we like to see again and we were not really happy and pleased about it because it always is a big security issue and there have been also taken new measures. Even though I said before our measures worked so far together with all of the partners, there are new measures the technology side on how we distribute the personnel and everything. But another measure is that a good security system is not public. So hopefully you will understand. I cannot really tell you into detail what happened, what has been adapted, but it has worked so far, but it doesn't mean that we will stand still. And obviously there is always a technological improve. So there is always option to improve and we do that. We are not without any... Thing new, but we cannot talk about it because otherwise it wouldn't really work. What other changes or improvements can you tell us about at BER for 2024 and beyond? I mean, are there new services, restaurants, lounges, or my favorite, more escalators and elevators? <laughs> Yeah, there was really, really uh, at the beginning of uh, 2024, so really on New Year's, on the very second, there was a big change. Because in Germany, for the major airports, the federal police is in charge of the security screening and also of hiring and commissioning the security screening personnel and the company. That has changed by the beginning of this year. That means we, who hopefully know the best, how many travelers we have, when are the peak hours, can now commission them. We are hiring the service providers, but more importantly, we are also in charge now of owning and buying the technology. Because the federal police has to look at like a dozen of major airports here in Germany and needs to find the best technology for all of the airports and what fits in best. But it fits in to a very unique terminal because every terminal is unique from the architectural point of view. So now we can buy the technology by ourselves. And that means we are already in Terminal 2 about to introduce the completely new CT technology. That means hopefully in the beginning of this year and the end of the first quarter, we will have Terminal 2 completely equipped with a new technology. And that means no liquids, no technical devices, no laptops needs to be taken out of your hand luggage. So you just put it on the belt and you go through. And for us, that is a major change that could 
really, really speed up the whole process and you don't have to wait so long anymore. And I think that is a really, really major change that we are working on. It was very, very, very smooth, the transition from the federal police to the airport company. And now we have the new technology. And then after we finished with Terminal 2, we will go to Terminal 1, Pavilion, Middle, Next Pavilion, and we will find a way to get this new technology there, but will really speed up the process. So that is very important for us and very new this year and will change the way you will travel, I think, a lot, at least in the airport part. In terms of other things that passengers might care about, like restaurants, they're not as important security-wise for sure, but let's say uh, additional services. And again, for me, as I just recovered from knee surgery, it would have been great to see more escalators and more elevators. I mean, is there any effort to try and improve that access? Mm -hmm. So what is really breaking news from just yesterday, what I can tell you about uh, new services and new flight services that Condor, the German airline, just announced yesterday this winter, they will start a non-stop flight to Dubai. That will be the second connection because this winter already Eurowings started to fly to Dubai, but it was, there was a high demand to flying non-stop to Dubai from Berlin-Brandenburg Airport. So that is the news that just broke yesterday. That's a new service that will come this year for sure. Also, new services, we will have new restaurants as Burger King, as the next Starbucks, but also some healthy bowls. So we will have this. Yeah, and as you mentioned, like, of course, like, we always try to improve the accessibility of our infrastructure, escalators and everything that we need for our travelers. There will be never 100%. That is in no train station, in no airport, if you're using this with 80,000 people a day. So 100% we won't ever reach, but our accessibility is way above 90%. So actually that is way above the average, I would say. Going up, coming down is difficult though. We, if you, if you have suitcases and you end up having to go down, the elevator is really the only mm-hmm. access. There's no escalators. To, to the train station, yes. yes. But that, that was the architecture of the whole airport of Terminal 1. And I'm afraid there's nothing that's going to be changed anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, that would require a Rebuilding the airport, I guess. Mostly, yes. (laughs) So you mentioned uh, additional flights that Condor is going to offer to Dubai, but it still is difficult to fly from BER to many long-distance destinations in Europe and beyond. Are there more that are going to be added in the foreseeable future? And what happens if German climate protection efforts end up restricting or ending domestic flights? The good news is that this summer, again, we will have three carriers flying nonstop to the States. We will have North Atlantic Airways flying to JFK. We have Delta coming back this summer, as every summer, flying back to JFK. And we have United flying the whole year all around to Newark Airport. So that's good. What we also have is North Atlantic Airways flying over winter to Miami. Uh, you can enjoy some sun there. Uh, and they also enlarged it this year because they want to cover the Easter holidays so that you can have some nice vacation at the beach in, in Miami. So that's the good news. Obviously, that is not really our goal. We have like also to, to Asia and so on. We have more long-haul flights, but especially to the States, we also wish to have more. But that's a historical point of view. Uh, Berlin, as a divided city, could never develop as a hub. So Lufthansa has already two hubs, just in Germany, in Munich and in Frankfurt. So what we would require at the Berlin-Brandenburg Airport to really offer the amount of services like Frankfurt or Munich is a hub airline. The problem is running a hub is super, super expensive. So nobody will do that like from one day to another. So our airport opened in the middle of the pandemic. So now we also don't have the easiest time on economies and on the international politics. We got a war going on here. So I don't see it coming. 
The good news is again that BR Airport is ready to be a hub. Our infrastructure is ready to operate as a hub. So if any hub airline in the world would like to build up a hub, we can do that. We are ready for that anytime. But it is not really uh, like something that we expect to happen soon. So what we do is talking to airlines because there is a lot of demand to get those nonstop flights to the States, to Asia. And we are in talks with a lot of airlines. We hope that step by step they're going to come more. But also what happens lately, they, they are having a little bit of shortage of aircraft. They have to rebring the aircraft into operation after the pandemic. And what they do, they go where they always have been. So they always have been in airports they existed. And they know, okay, I have this one aircraft. I could run three, but I only have one. So where do I bring it? I know where I make money. I know what works. They don't know if BEI Airport works because it didn't exist before the pandemic. So that's our, our problem that we have to wait step by step when everything is recovered completely, when more aircraft are available. The airlines are happy with our airport. We get good feedback for that, but it needs to be step by step. We already got like now three carriers flying to the States. We got more um, to Qatar. They're flying now twice a day. We got China coming back. We got now... Um, Dubai, what we see here, we got Singapore with Scoot. So there are some long haul flights. We got around about 150 connections from BR Airport directly, but it could be more and we're working on it day by day. So are you concerned though, again, with climate protection, if domestic air travel in Germany shuts down, if it's no longer permitted, what happens to BER? I mean, most people are getting on a plane to Frankfurt or getting on a plane to Munich to get on another flight to some further away destination. Yeah, we, we need to work on that. We need to talk to the airlines. And we have probably two points there. They are on our side. Point number one, the most people who are coming to Germany from abroad, especially from out of Europe, they want to come to Berlin. That's their final destination. They don't want to go to Frankfurt. They don't want to go to Munich. Also, a lot of people like to go there, but Berlin is the number one destination, the tourist destination, the political destination. The economy is very, very well developing here. You got Tesla now. You got now all the chip companies coming to the area. So people want to come here. So we hope that that will increase the nonstop connections because people want here and no Tesla company, no Intel company will be at any place where there is not an international airport close by. So I think the demand is there and I think the airlines are going to come step by step. And the second thing that you mentioned, it's like the environmental friendly part of flying. What is more environmental friendly? having a connection flight or flying directly because people want to come to Berlin. That is the place to be. So why would I fly around the corner and having another flight? So step by step, I think we're going to develop it. And I think the arguments are partly on our side. So I hope that it's going to come more, especially to North America. It will develop. There is also kind of the transatlantic partnership is really, really stronger now than it has been in the past. So and I think there's a lot of traveling going on and a lot of demand. So we're working with the airlines together to get them more direction flights. But is the capacity there? I mean, certainly the size of BER has been something that's been debated since I first moved to Berlin in 2012, even before then it was going on. And obviously with the pandemic, there was a little bit of a easing in that was allowed. So BER opened at a time when it didn't have full capacity and it's now growing and it's increasing, as you mentioned before. I mean, the question is, is BER big enough as Berlin and the world return to normal travel? The good news, yes, we are big enough. BR Airport is big enough. You're totally right. There has been a lot of discussions and everybody who likes Mars will see we have Terminal 1, Terminal 2, and until recently we had Terminal 5. 
something is missing in the middle, terminal three, terminal four. So we had the plan to build them, but also those plans were before the pandemic, number one, and before the technological update. Look at this, the iPhone has been introduced in 2007. The groundbreaking for the airport was 2006. So traveling was completely different. You needed way more space. And traveling is not about the capacity, how many million you can fit per year into one terminal. It is way more about how many people can go through security check in one hour. And not any hour, the peak hour, in the morning, in the evening. So that is very important for us. And what we do is we invest in technology, automatization, digitalization. I told you earlier that we're going to have those CT scanners. They're going to maybe triple the speed of security screening. We have more than 120 self-service kiosks that you don't need to queue anymore at the check-in. We have the virtual queue with BR Runway. You get your appointment that you don't need to queue anymore at the security check. We got BR Traveler, which is face recognition. You just look at it and the doors open. So we invest in technology, we updated it, and then we have the situation that per hour, per peak hour, we can fit way more people in the existing terminals. And that is the problem because I don't see any point where we're going to reach the maximum capacity of a day because that would mean we have a peak hour every hour. Huh? But you don't have a peak hour. You have it in the morning, you have it in the evening, and you need to update it there to speed it up there. Another terminal would not maybe help you that much because you need the stuffing and everything. You need the technology and it all takes a while. So how we can do it with digitalization, automatization to make the peak hours way more accessible. Do you have the URL for Berlin Runway? We can give it to our listeners now. Yeah, just go to berlin-airport.de and there you have the link directly. It's free of charge. It will always be free of charge. You just book your appointment and you can start seven days before departure. Great. Um, you talked about security lines quite a bit as well as check-in, but I'm wondering what's being done for passport control and customs. This is something that gets complained about a lot by people arriving that there's just not enough agents standing there to deal with that, as well as um, baggage carousels. That's mm -hmm. been sort of an issue. Are there any efforts afoot to try and expand those capacities? Yeah, there is actually right now at this moment, we are constructing the migration process. The migration will be shifted by 90 degrees. That gives us way more space. One shop is moving to the other side of the hall. So we're going to have way more space. We're going to double the counters for migration. And we're also going to double the counters for the uh, easy pass access. The easy pass access at the migration is for every European citizen, but also for the people who have a permanent residence and have the digital residence. So they also can use easy pass, so it's way faster. We are double the capacity and also queues gonna decrease there a lot. What uh, we do on the baggage, the baggage is still a very, very manual work. So we need a lot of stuff. You have shortage and stuff sometimes in the ground tenders. Actually, it's not the airport who does that, but the ground tenders. So what did we do? For example, we invested in those very, very small belts. They are adapted on the big belts. So the people, the staff don't need to carry bag by bag anymore from the cart to the belt. They can just slide it over on the small belt. That will give them a lot of health advantages and we will decrease the sickness rates. So we have a shorter time that you have to wait for your baggage. Last question involves public transit, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we talked about briefly about access to public transit in terms of getting downstairs. I'm wondering, will the amount of public transit to the airport increase? What are the obstacles there? Because obviously it's not just BER that is involved with the planning of that. Mm -hmm. BER is actually not much involved in the planning. We are happy for every connection, every connectivity. We can get long haul trains, 
like uh, S-Bahn trains or the city trains, the subway, that there's a lot of discussion about it, the buses, everything that comes is very good. I think we are very well connected already. It could improve, definitely. We could see the ICE train. That is a big desire we have. But that's something that decides the Deutsche Bahn, the German railway company, because they need to invest on that. But we already are connected to long-haul trains, the intercity, to Rostock, to the port, to Chemnitz, the first connection to Chemnitz ever that was just introduced for the BER airport. So we have there long-haul trains. We have, of course, the city trains. Within less than half an hour from Central Station, Berlin, Hauptbahnhof, you make it to the to the airport. That is very, very good. That is very unique. And what is also very unique, even so there could be an escalator more, but you have the elevators at least, you have the train station right under the terminal. So I'm not lying. Within five minutes from the train station, you are at check-in. That is no problem if you just take the elevator and you're up there. So that is very unique. That is very unique around the world. You won't find many airports. They have such a great accessibility that you have the connectivity from the trains to the aircraft. So that is very good. But of course, it could be more in the discussion. Maybe you heard about it. This Berlin is discussing a lot of making a subway connection, U-Bahn in German, yeah, to the uh, BR airport. So we would be very happy for that. Um, but that is not something that we can decide and would take also a while to construction. What's happening meanwhile already is the long-haul railways are being enlarged. So there's more capacity. So from 2025, hopefully, when everything works as planned, the time from Berlin City to the airport will even decrease from now roughly uh, uh, less than, than 30 minutes to around about 20 minutes. It's called the Dresdner Bahn. Yeah? Those are those connection rails that uh, there were... Not really used too much yeah, in the time of the separation of the city, but now we need them more. DB is constructing on that and for many years already. So that should be finished in 2025. So it would be faster from Berlin, from Central Station to go to the airport. Are they a partner with you? I mean, in other words, are, do they agree with you that they need to increase this access? Or is it you who really wants this and they're having to be dragged along because they have so many priorities, as you mentioned? Of course, we are good partners and we're working together and the service is already good, but also they have to invest a lot in trains, in stuff, and they have a whole country to cover. They have a whole new green deal that they have to bring more services everywhere. So they are also not really like, oh, we have some trains here, we don't know where to put them. So they are also like really, really short on that one and they need to put where it's needed the most. Um, yeah, we hope for more. Definitely, we are partner with them, and I think it will increase or improve a lot in 2025 when when you are in 20 minutes from the city center to the airport. Thanks, Jan. Was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to Common Ground Berlin. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Our senior producer is Dina El Sayed. Our social media editor is Noor Trabelsi, and our intern is Eden Brockman. Our podcast is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action. And our partners are Goethe Institute, the Checkpoint Charlie Foundation, and the German Marshall Fund of the United States. All Common Ground Berlin episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and X at CG Berlin Podcast. Thank you.